This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. How does God work through the church despite its many imperfections? Stay tuned to learn more about Bishop Claude Alexander's new book, Becoming the Church. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Get in the Word with Truth's Table. Presented by Innervar City Press. The Daily Audio Bible Podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwen. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading, Ezra chapter 5, verse 3, through chapter 6, verse 13. At that time, Tetaniah, governor of Trans-Euphrates, Shethar Bozaniah, and their colleagues came to them and asked, Who gave you authority to rebuild this temple and to complete this structure? They also asked them, What are the names of the men who are building this edifice? But God was watching over the elders of Judah, and they were not stopped until a report could be dispatched to Darius, and a letter could be sent back concerning this. This is a copy of the letter that Tetaniah, governor of Trans-Euphrates, Shethar Bozani, and his colleagues, who were the official of Trans-Euphrates, sent to King Darius. The report they sent to him was written as follows. To King Darius, all greetings. Let it be known to the king that we have gone to the province of Judah, to the temple of the great God. It is being built with large stones, and timbers are being placed in the walls. This work is being done with all diligence and is prospering in their hands. We inquired of those elders, asking them, Who gave you the authority to rebuild this temple and to complete this structure? We also inquired of their names in order to inform you, so that we might write the names of the men who were the leaders. They responded to us in the following way. We are the servants of the God of heaven and earth. We are rebuilding the temple, which was previously built many years ago. A great king of Israel built it and completed it. But after our ancestors angered the God of heaven, he delivered them into the hands of King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, the Chaldean, who destroyed this temple and exiled the people to Babylon. But in the first year of King Cyrus of Babylon, King Cyrus enacted a decree to rebuild this temple of God, even the gold and silver vessels of the temple of God that Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple in Jerusalem and had brought to the palace of Babylon. Even those things King Cyrus brought from the palace of Babylon and presented to a man by the name of Sheshbazar, whom he had appointed as governor. He said to him, 
Take these vessels and go deposit them in the temple in Jerusalem, and let the house of God be rebuilt in its proper location. Then this Sheshbazar went and laid the foundations of the temple of God in Jerusalem. From that time on to the present moment, it has been in the process of being rebuilt, although it is not yet finished. Now, if the king is so inclined, let a search be conducted in the royal archives there in Babylon, in order to determine whether King Cyrus did in fact issue orders for this temple of God to be rebuilt in Jerusalem. Then let the king send us a decision concerning this matter. Chapter 6. Darius Issues a Decree So Darius, the king, issued orders, and they searched in the archives of the treasury, which were deposited there in Babylon. A scroll was found in the citadel of Ecbatana, which is in the province of Media, and it was inscribed as follows. Memorandum. In the first year of his reign, King Cyrus gave orders concerning the temple of God in Jerusalem. Let the temple be rebuilt as a place where sacrifices are offered. Let its foundations be set in place. Its height is to be 90 feet and its width 90 feet. With three layers of large stones and one layer of timber, the expense is to be subsidized by the royal treasury. Furthermore, let the gold and silver vessels of the temple of God, which Nebuchadnezzar brought from the temple in Jerusalem and carried to Babylon, be returned and brought to their proper place in the temple in Jerusalem. Let them be deposited in the temple of God. Now Tetaniah, governor of Trans-Euphrates, Shethar, Bozaniah, and their colleagues, the officials of Trans-Euphrates, all of you stay far away from there. Leave the work on this temple of God alone. Let the governor of the Jews and the elders of the Jews rebuild this temple of God in its proper place. I also hereby issue orders as to what you are to do with those elders of the Jews in order to rebuild this temple of God. From the royal treasury, from the taxes of Trans-Euphrates, the complete costs are to be given to these men so that there may be no interruption of the work. Whatever is needed, whether oxen or rams or lambs for burnt offerings, for the God of heaven or wheat or salt or wine or oil, as required by the priests who are in Jerusalem, must be given to them daily without any neglect, so that they may be offering incense to the God of heaven and may be praying for the good fortune of the king and his family. I hereby give orders that if anyone changes this directive, a beam is to be pulled out from his house, and he is to be raised up and impaled on it and his house is to be reduced to a rubbish heap for this indiscretion. May God who makes his name to reside there overthrow any king or nation who reaches out to cause such change so as to destroy this temple of God in Jerusalem. I, Darius, have given orders. Let them be carried out with precision. The temple is finally dedicated. Then Tetaniah, governor of Trans-Euphrates, Shethar, Bozani, and their colleagues acted accordingly, with precision, just as Darius the king had given instructions. Zechariah, chapter 6 through chapter 7. Chapter 6. Vision 8. The Chariots. Once more I looked, and this time I saw four chariots, emerging from between two mountains of bronze. Harnessed to the first chariot were red horses, to the second black horses, to the third white horses, and to the fourth, spotted horses, all of them strong. Then I asked the angelic messenger who was speaking with me, What are these, sir? The messenger replied, These are the four spirits of heaven, going out after presenting themselves before the Lord of all the earth. 
the chariot with the black horses, is going to the north country, and the white ones are going after them. But the spotted ones are going to the south country. All these strong ones are scattering. They have sought permission to go and walk about over the earth. The Lord had said, Go, walk about over the earth. So they are doing so. Then he cried out to me, Look, the ones going to the northland have brought me peace about the northland. A concluding oracle. The Lord's message came to me as follows. Choose some people from among the exiles, namely, Heldai, Tobijah, and Jediah, all who have come from Babylon. And when you have done so, go to the house of Josiah, son of Zephaniah. Then take some silver and gold to make a crown and set it on the head of Joshua, the high priest, the son of Jehozadak. Then say to him, The Lord of heaven's armies says this, Look, here is the man whose name is Branch, who will sprout up from his place and build the temple of the Lord. Indeed, he will build the temple of the Lord, and he will be clothed in splendor, sitting as king on his throne. Moreover, there will be a priest with him on his throne, and they will see eye to eye on everything. The crown will be then turned over to Helam, Tobijah, Jediah, and Hen, son of Zephaniah, as a memorial in the temple of the Lord. Then those who are far away will come and build the temple of the Lord, so that you may know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me to you. This will all come to pass if you completely obey the voice of the Lord your God. Chapter 7 The Hypocrisy of False Fasting In King Darius's fourth year, on the fourth day of Kislev, the ninth month, the Lord's message came to Zechariah. Now the people of Bethel had sent Sherezer and Regamelech and their companions to seek the Lord's favor by asking both the priests of the temple of the Lord of heaven's armies and the prophets, should we weep in the fifth month, fasting as we have done over the years? The message of the Lord of heaven's armies then came to me. Speak to all the people and the priests of the land as follows. When you fasted and lamented in the fifth and seventh months, through all these seventy years, did you truly fast for me? For me, indeed. And now when you eat and drink, are you not doing so for yourselves? Should you not have obeyed the words that the Lord cried out through the former prophets when Jerusalem was peacefully inhabited and her surrounding cities, the Negev, and the foothills were also populated? Again, the Lord's message came to Zechariah. The Lord of heaven's armies said, Exercise true judgment and show brotherhood and compassion to each other. You must not oppress the widow, the orphan, the resident foreigner, or the poor nor should anyone secretly plot evil against his fellow citizen. But they refused to pay attention, turning away stubbornly and stopping their ears so they could not hear. Indeed, they made their hearts as hard as diamond, so they could not obey the law of Moses and the other words the Lord of heaven's armies had sent by his spirit through the former prophets. Therefore, the Lord of heaven's armies poured out great wrath, just as I called out, but they would not obey, so they will call out, but I will not listen. The Lord of heaven's armies says, Rather, I will sweep them away in a storm into all the nations they are not familiar with. Thus the land became desolate because of them, with no one crossing through or returning, for they had made the fruitful land a waste. New 
Testament reading. Revelation, chapter 3, verse 14 through 22. To the church in Laodicea. To the angel of the church in Laodicea, write the following. This is the solemn pronouncement of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the originator of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I am going to vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich and have acquired great wealth and need nothing, but do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Take my advice and buy gold from me refined by fire so you can become rich. Buy from me white clothing so you can be clothed in your shameful nakedness will not be exposed. And buy eye salve to put on your eyes so you can see. All those I love I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Listen, I am standing at the door and knocking. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into his home and share a meal with him and he with me. I will grant the one who conquers permission to sit with me on my throne, just as I too conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. The one who has an ear had better hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Gracious and holy and righteous God, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for a new day and a new set of mercies, O Lord, because we truly need your grace and your mercy today. God, we thank you that you are with us as we read your word by the power of the Holy Spirit. In this life, we may often feel lonely and alone, but the greater truth is that we are not, that you are God with us. You are Emmanuel, and you have come to us in the person of Jesus Christ, and you have come to us through the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, even now. So we thank you, O Lord God. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that helps us to understand your word and helps us to uh, grow deeper in the faith to be sanctified, O Lord. Thank you, O God, for your word today. And God, we think about the ways in which through Revelation, you warn the church. You lift up a mirror to the different churches represented. And God, I am struck by this particular church that is known for its wealth, that's known for what it has, its, its haughtiness, O oh God. A haughtiness that makes it think that it is self-sufficient and self-reliant. But, oh God, in the same way, we thank you now for your precious Holy Spirit that has come, the third person of the Trinity. We recognize that we need the Spirit of the living God, that every church, that every true church from continent to continent and society to society, we cannot make it on our own. And while there may be churches that are vast in their budget and in their stature, oh Lord, there is no church that truly belongs to you that does not desperately need you by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, God, would you remind us that whether our budgets are low or high, whether our facilities are large or small, that we need you, that we save no one, that we do no ministry apart 
from your intervention by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are not Emmanuel. We are not God. You are. And I pray, O Lord, that when we begin to think and believe that the stuff that we have, the systems that we have, the strategies that we have, oh God, these large buildings and vast ministries and programs and whatever it might be in different parts of the world, oh God, would you sober us up? Would you remind us for the sake of love and for the purity of our witness that you are the head of the church, not our ideas or our budget, oh God. It is you alone that bring forth the fruit And so we pray, O God, that you would bring forth genuine fruit out of these ministries, O Lord. Help us to be sober today. Help us, O God, to recognize that our money and our resources for those who might have it cannot buy us holiness. It cannot buy us righteousness. And while it may present an aesthetic, an aesthetic that looks polished and together in certain churches and certain ministries, You are not deceived. You are not deceived by the veneer of faux righteousness. Oh God, you cannot be fooled. So we pray, oh God, that come what may, whether we are in a storefront church, whether we are in a house church, whether we're in a church that has no building, simply the ground in which you have given us to stand on and worship you, that you pour out the abundant blessing from your great and unlimited resources You pour out your very spirit to make us a real and true church. And I pray, O God, that wherever we may find ourselves worshiping from week to week, O Lord, that it would be a church that is rich with the blessings that only come from the Holy Spirit. That these communities of faith would be rich from the blessings that only come from the hand of God. We pray, O Lord that you would help us to not be impressed by stuff. Instead, oh God, let us be mindful that we are people who are ever dependent on you for righteousness and holiness and justice and mercy and grace and patience, oh Lord. We beseech your throne even now, O Lord, asking that you would pour out your spirit more and more, that you would open our spiritual eyes, that we not be tricked or deluded or complicit in ministries or in churches or in Christian organizations that look good on the surface, but do not please you at the very heart. Help us to desire what you desire. Help us to see past the veneer and straight to the heart of a matter. Help us to not be impressed by money and or things or polish, but help us, O God, to be delighted in holiness and righteousness and the maturity that only comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. It is in your name that we pray and we give thanks today. Amen and amen. Many today have given up on church, but God has not and does not give up on the church. The church is God's idea. And once we truly understand what God has in mind for his people, we can become who he wants us to be. In his book, Becoming the Church, Bishop Claude Alexander shows how the original Christians did not always understand what the church was supposed to be, but God worked in them anyway to become the community that he intended. After the resurrection of Jesus, his followers were transformed from disillusion and doubt to become a people of conviction and new life. By the power of the Holy 
Spirit, we too can be transformed by Jesus and model to the world what it means to know Him as the church. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off becoming the church, plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code, the word. That's code T-H-E-W-O-R-D at ivypress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag get in the word and hashtag Truth's Table. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, Think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee. Thank you.